butts. Yep. That's you. Yeah. Hey, Jay. Mm-hmm. You, you <laughs> yeah, I guess it is, huh? Your robots um, I've never actually confirmed by many gym leaders and uh, <laughs> champions. <laughs> and just random assholes who ask me to do stuff for them. Yeah, but they shout your name uh, when they do it. Yeah, which is the funny part because I, I called it a, a, a body part. Um, uh, hey, Jay, do you, you want to know an interesting math fact? Okay. Uh, every odd number has E in its name. Hmm. Every single one. It, isn't that cool and interesting? And not... Uh, I mean, I never thought about the, it, but I guess as long as each of the first, like, 19 have them, then every number after that includes at least one of those words. Because once you get up to yeah. 20, then it's just and 20 and 1, 20 and 3, 20 and 5. Yeah. <clears throat> isn't that isn't that cool? Does that... Mm not i don't know make you horny um no i've never really had strong feelings about the letter e it uh, just doesn't do it for me a lot of people do Mm. yeah whoever came up with the english language apparently does they let the e make all the you know like sounds that other languages would say no the uh letter that we call i is e and it you know all the e sounds come from that and the one that we call e is eh and just makes the eh sounds, but in English, like that, the letter E can do all this stuff. Just Jade, Jade, if we sound phonemes from if other we, letters. If we deconstruct, if we deconstructed, Jesus, I can't even talk. Mm. Oh, if we deconstructed all of the parts about English that don't make sense, we'll be here all day. Uh, well, I mean, that could be our new podcast. Is uh, we're, we're just gonna be the yeah. linguistics cast. Um, <laughs> Nerds about words, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's our new podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll have to hire a professional linguist who can actually teach us all the different phonemes, and uh, you know, until they give up because we can't tell the difference between some of them. Hey Jade, hmm. what's a gerund? Um. It's a word that ends with ing usually. I, you know, it's that kind of part of speech. I think of like a what's a present progressive tense. I don't want politics in my language, Jade. Okay. <laughs> well, don't bring up gerunds then, because they're connected with the progressive tense. All gerunds are political. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, um, hey Jade, what'd you do this week? Uh, a lot of stuff. I don't even know where to begin. Did you conjugate? Probably. <laughs> I guess everybody. I mean, everybody conjugates all the time. Yeah. See, it's funny because it kind of sounds like a sex thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're, so we're going to be grammar and uh, lewd grammar. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess maybe people um, would remember, you know, like grammar rules and stuff more if teachers made more dirty jokes with it. <laughs> I, I think that might be illegal. Probably. <laughs> I mean, they would definitely get complaints <laughs> if they demonstrated all the different like tenses using the word fuck and conjugating the word fuck into, you know, present tense fuck, past tense fucked, uh, present progressive fucking, um, <laughs> future find, will fuck. Find, find the gerund in this sentence. Mm. Stacy is sucking mad dick. Okay. <laughs> Stacy, please answer. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. Mm. Why would we ever say something like that? Because we run out of opening bits. <laughs> well, don't just say it. <laughs> we're all we were what, over two hundred episodes in. We're allowed to be honest now. Yeah. If people have made it this far, then they deserve to hear the truth. Just wait until we get into the thousands. We're just gonna, I don't know, like moan sexually to start the show. <laughs> mm. No, I think that was the first hundred episodes. Oh, uh, yeah, th- those days are over. Uh, yeah. We're getting old. When you when you ask people what their favorite porn is, uh, was there a second part to that sentence? I don't know. I think I missed something. Yeah, I think we kind of cut out for a minute. Okay. Um. Well. Yep. So I got lots of topics. I don't know how many. I mean, we'll see what we can get out of them. I have two of them. Okay. <laughs> I I did two whole things. You want to knock yours out first? Two weeks. Yeah, sure. What about that easy one? Um. I watch Muppers Pleasure Planet. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's it's just really like fun and genuine. Mm. Like like Muppet Muppets is really good. Watch Muppets, everybody. Watch watch Muppets. Um, there are many Muppets to pick it, from. Yes, Muppet Show. There, there are the three original movies, the two uh, literary movies. Uh, <clears throat> it's that one weird talk show thing they did. Yeah. There's that YouTube channel where they uploaded that Bohemian Rhapsody video like 10 years ago. Mm. It was probably like 20 years ago and I'm just old and don't remember. Yeah. There's but, that new movie where they rebooted it and they were nostalgic about the old show and then just kind of dropped all of that and then have gone defunct again since that. Until they yeah. reboot again. Yeah, with you know, however much nostalgia they'll have the next time. Um, the only determination I've come to about Muppets is that they should always have Tim Curry with them, mm. because it, it's 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 a delightful combination. Yeah, I mean, if the Muppets can get Tim Curry back into acting, that would be. Worth it. I don't know if he's I, still if he's doing like smaller parts now, but he hasn't really done anything big in a long time. I don't know anything about what Tim Curry's been doing, to be honest. Like, I'm pretty sure he's still alive, but otherwise, I think he's retired from acting. That's a shame, but also good for him, because yeah. um, it seems like being in the Hollywood system is like an actual living hell. Yeah. 
so you know <laughs> um, yeah I, I miss him but also good for him um, stay away you beautiful man yeah I mean there's always smaller indie type productions you can do without having all the the bullshit yeah yeah but I don't watch those <laughs> no but you might if you heard the Tim Curry was in it yeah, maybe. Just have to find out what it is and then look it up on Prime Video where it'll be free because it's a no-budget, nothing movie. Um, yeah, I mean, people people found that like weird, low-budget, like children's Halloween uh, thing he did in like the eighties. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weird, low-budget children's <laughs> things are all the rage on YouTube these days. So uh, yeah, you could just voice, you know. Spider-Man, pregnant Elsa, Shrek, <laughs> whatever it is, those things are. Is that still a thing? I feel like that was a thing like five years ago, it's and then pro- it- I, I don't pay attention to children's YouTube. It's probably still a thing. I think all the kids are watching that. There, Senor Beast. Mm. Yeah, in between their videos of kid yeah. unboxing some toys and playing with them. That's wholesome. Mm. Um, unless he has like a surf a Surfshark sponsorship or something. Yeah, I mean it's not. it's wholesome, but it's it just I, well, it feels strange. But also, I guess <clears throat> I don't know. Different generations have different things. But yeah, it, our it's, it's our generation not really has stranger than so. <laughs> yeah, it's not really stranger than Teletubbies. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, it's not much that is stranger than Teletubbies. Mm. Even if it, I mean, it, I, Teletubbies, as weird as it is, is. Uh, sh- uh, I don't don't know. you fucking try to justify whatever the hell Teletubbies is. Nah, I'm just is. thinking, cause how to even classify, like, children's unboxing videos. It's like the children's equivalent of reality TV, I guess. That it's. Or, or like, the children's equivalent of like a show on discovery or something of like you're seeing you know Mm. mostly real people doing real things in sort of a review type thing it's kind of educational but also entertaining i guess i don't know weird yeah i've never really understood even for adults i don't really understand the whole unboxing video thing it's uh what's what's the word i'm looking for um yeah i can't remember that thing where you watch somebody do something and then you feel like you're doing that thing and yeah the living vicariously thing except yeah that except i always run into the point of like but i know i'm not the person doing that thing because whatever object it is that they are opening, I don't have here in front of me. So even if I watch them opening well, it, it's like, okay, and then that's done, and hey, where'd it go? Where, where did my video game system go that I was opening up? Oh, right, I wasn't opening it up. That guy was opening it up. Yeah, but Jade, you're not a child. You're, you're like 12 years old. You're an adult. Mm. Yeah, no, I am an adult who spends too much money on toys, So, but I can afford to. <laughs> I have money. <laughs> I'm allowed to make these bad uh, decisions. 
Speaking of which, What's I want to shout out What's Lego Speed got, wait, Champions wait. because they make really cool little car models. Oh. I've gotten a little bit into that lately. Say that again because I was blabbing my fucking mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I interrupted you. No, um, I think that I bought a few of this week. Lego has a line called Speed Champions, which are like budget, like very detailed car models. Um, and like, I've gotten some in the past and been really impressed with like the quality of them. But what's gotten me really interested is this latest line that came out this month. Um, for you know this year's sets includes movie cars so there is the aston martin db5 uh with a daniel craig james bond figure and it includes like it is you know the classic bond car but it has the license plates so you can make it the version from um i, I had to look up what these license plates were uh, the one that i've got on it right now is the thunderball version which was also the Skyfall version. Um, and it includes the, the other license plates that it uses on that rotating license plate thing in Thunderball. Um, but then it also has the plates if you wanted to do the, the one that appeared in a couple of the Pierce Brosnan movies or the one from the latest No Time to Die movie. So, yeah. So they did, they did the Aston Martin DB5 and they did the 1970s Dodge Charger from uh, Fast and the Furious. With a little Dom Toretto Vin Diesel figure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I just, like, I, I don't know. Those movies, I, I've never really been into those movies, but the car looks really cool. Um, Does his shirt say family? No, he's just got a black tank top. Uh, so you can't beat him up with a baseball bat to get a beggar to pay you $200? No, there's no baseball bats included either. Uh, every mm. one of these sets comes with a wrench, though, because it's just a thing that, I guess, I don't know, for you to have some kind of play feature, your one driver figure also has a wrench that they can use to tune up their car or something. Um, like, Bond doesn't even have a gun. He's just got a wrench. But well, That's all he needs. The, the wrench opens up and there's a laser in it. Yeah, probably. Um... Yeah, so I got those two, and then I got... Because my... The last car that I had and my current car are both Toyotas. They made a Toyota sports car. It's much brighter than my car. It's like a very bright yellow. But otherwise, it looks pretty nice. It's got like a long hood. And pretty sleek looking design. Uh, it's a Toyota Supra for this model. Um, and then they have... can't believe they spelled Supra wrong. Mm, well, that's, that's on them. Um, That's the Japanese for you. Yeah. And then there is the other one I bought mostly because of the color palette. I've never heard of this car brand, though. It's a Lotus uh, Evagira or Evgira or some, something like that. I don't know. Is um, it Italian? Maybe. I don't know. The brand is Lotus, which I've never heard of before. But it, I mean, it looks like a toy sports car, uh, the way it's designed. But it is like a deep forest green with yellow trim which looks like the kind of car that if i'm playing saints row i'm gonna steal one of these and take it into the shop and paint it green and give it yellow trim and call it the jade mobile um <laughs> so i bought this car because it looks like the jade mobile and i stuck i took the driver out he's riding a shotgun with the guy in the toyota 
because I wanted to put a Jade figure in the driver's seat. So I've got Jade with a little diamond in the Jade mobile. Nice. And that is me being an adult buying toys with <laughs> my hard-earned money. Because I don't know, they're, they're I mean, like they, they just they put a lot of de- they're like twenty bucks each unless they're not the current like the, the Toyota one was like sixteen bucks because it's from a few months ago, so they marked it down. But like they're you know they're as Legos go, that's a really good budget price, and the amount of detail they put into these things is pretty amazing. Hey Jade, yep. Do do you want to know the last time I bought a toy? Uh, yesterday. No. Oh. Um, I bought I bought a Nendoroid, um, which is just like a, a like the uh, little like, chibi statue things. Yeah, it's like a Funko Pop except good. Yeah, um, it doesn't have soulless eyes and no mouth. Yeah, it it actually looks like the thing it's supposed to look like, yeah. and um, it is slightly posable. Mm. Um. I bought one for a friend of mine for their birthday, uh, like four years ago, <laughs> and and I I forgot to to send it to them. Mm. <laughs> so I guess I bought myself one. Mm. Um, Do video so games have, count as toys, though? Um, well, I guess that because depends I, on your opinion of Nintendo. Mm. I mean, I get. I, I don't know. You could argue like the more serious games. You could say like, these are art and they're media and whatever. But like a lot of games are basically toy. It's a thing that you buy for fun to play for fun, and it's bright and colorful, and strictly exists for entertainment. Then I got. I guess the last toy I bought was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's you know long-standing <laughs> tradition of Ninja Turtles being toys, but I didn't buy a physical thing, so it doesn't feel like I bought a toy. It feels like mm. I bought. Um, well, I didn't actually buy anything. I bought the rights to to use a thing. Yeah. Um, on a device yeah. that I do technically own, but can't actually do anything with, or else it voids the user agreement. <laughs> Yeah, you, you <laughs> bought access to the file. <laughs> I, f- I feel like um, I f- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I I feel like with modern video games, like you don't actually buy anything. You just give them money, and they deign to let you use a, a um, file. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you know part of why I buy physical whenever I can just because I feel like I own something more than I do when I buy something digital yeah I I almost always buy digital but I play like the same five games mm. <laughs> so it, it's not like it really matters yeah no I did get a new game recently Kirby's Dream Buffet came out and after verifying that I could play it in single player only with no opponents um, I bought it, and it, it, it's fun. It's it was only fifteen bucks. There's not a lot to it, but uh, I mean, it seemed you know there's there's enough unlockables in it to make it feel like even though you're doing the same thing over and over again, that you're still getting new things out of it. 
Is it like a regular Kirby game, or is there some special bullshit like he can fly robots it, again? It's a Kirby game that is <clears throat> being compared to um, Fall Guys, which I've never played, but it is like I have kind right of, now. It, it's similar. I get. It's definitely similar to Fall Guys. Since I haven't played that, it feels kind of like Mario Party, where it's like competitive mini games. Um, in single player, and I assume the, the modes are similar in online, uh, but in single player offline, the modes are, um, th there's a Grand Prix, which consists of two races. A race is, like, you and the other Kirby's and Waddle are all, um, balls, and you just roll down this track that is made of mostly like candy and sweets and cakes and cookies and stuff so you're rolling through all the food and you're trying to th there's like strawberries around and you're trying to collect the most strawberries sometimes there's also blueberries or raspberries but mainly you're collecting strawberries or clusters of strawberries um if you get to the end first you can jump on a pile of like 50 strawberries if you're second or third there's like a couple side piles of 20 that you can try to get to um, and it tracks your total of strawberries that you've collected throughout each of the modes for the whole Grand Prix. Um, you can also sometimes pick up, the, there's like these Mario Kart style random item boxes, and if you run through one of those, sometimes they'll just give you some strawberries, sometimes they'll give you a power-up, which are like Kirby copy abilities that you can, you know, use them one time to either like turn into a blazing fireball or turn into a tornado or turn into a rock or something um and then the, so in between those races well between the two races and then after the second <clears throat> race there are other mini game things that you can play separately if you know outside of the grand prix you can play all these things separately but um the first one is a mode where you um it, it's like you and the other three um kirby's are in like a small arena and there's strawberries raining down from the sky and sometimes bombs and you have to try to collect the strawberries and if you get hit by a bomb you get stunned and if you get knocked out of the arena you lose some strawberries um also as you get more strawberries your kirby grows bigger so you can tell who's in the lead by who is the fattest. Um, and then so just like real life. Yeah. So it's race, uh, little arena mode thing, and then race, and then there's a battle royale for the finish, where it's you and the other three Kirby's in an arena, and you're all trying to collect uh, strawberries and power-ups, and you can use the power-ups to hit each other and knock each other out of the arena. And if you do, you lose strawberries proportionate to how many you have total. So if you have more, you lose more. Um, and then when you get dropped back into the arena, you get either strawberries or a power-up as like compensation for having been knocked out and lost time. And so once you get to the end of that, then it puts the four Kirby's onto scales, and um, there's like a few random bonuses. The person who got the most blueberries gets a bonus, or person who jumped the most times gets a bonus. 
and then after those random bonuses are handed out, it does a final total and determines the winner. And um, and then for every strawberry you collect in any of the modes, Grand Prix or otherwise, um, those are all converted into points into your player rank, which can go up to at least level 135. Um, so the and each each time you level up, you unlock either a different color for your Kirby or a different uh, costume, like a mask or a hat or something, or unlock like an artwork that you can put as your as like a cookie, where your character at the start of a race will start standing off on a platform, and you can customize that with your favorite artwork. And the artworks are all based on like Kirby games throughout Kirby's history. Uh, so I can't put anime titties on it? Not unless you find a way to hack that in. Oh, well that's no fun. Yeah, I offhand can't remember any Kirby characters with anime titties. <laughs> There's probably one like one female villain from like the Super Nintendo days where she had like just big flopping tits, but yeah, I mean, there's one in Mario RPG, but I don't remember. Oh yeah, the the Egyptian. Yeah, the one in the white dress thing. whose boobs jiggle whenever you hit her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Kirby, uh, Kirby doesn't have a lot of like, human-looking things in general. Yeah. Like the only female villain I can think of is Drosia from canvas curse and she's a witch but she looks it's basically like a big cloak and a big hat and i think there might be like eyes or a basic face between the cloak and the hat and then she transforms into her soul form which is just like a big blob of paint with a mouth and like four eyes that's it why, why are all of Kirby's villains just, like, unspeakable horrors? Uh, for contrast. E- e- except the fat penguin and the, the the Kirby with the sword. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the fat penguin is the boss of the original game, who, after that, usually either becomes an ally or the boss of the first world, or the boss that you fight right before you fight the cosmic horror that is the real final boss. Yeah, that's why Kirby uses the power of God to vanquish them. Yeah, he's fighting demons. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it sounds like a mix between Fall Guys and Mario Party. Yeah. Because Fall Guys is more like... it. It's all one thing, just with di- different objectives. Like, y- you know, either get here or survive, or survive your way to get there yeah um well, yeah without falling. i assume fall guys doesn't have any ways to like actively attack your opponents you're all just trying um, to dodge obstacles or like you could yeah. bump into someone and try to screw them up but not like you turn into a fireball and just super smash them off the side no like no like punching or anything like that y- you can grab people mm. which on uh, a certain um <laughs> game modes is uh like really fucky Mm. um like like there's there's one final game where like you're just standing on uh like a circular platform uh with 
uh, gaps uh, in the middle and around the end. Uh, so like you're basically standing on a ring, um, and if you fall, you lose. And the last person person that survives is the winner. Mm. Um, and that in the center, there's two like uh, bars that just constantly spin. Um, and there's one on top and one on bottom, uh, and they do not spin at the same speeds, <laughs> so it, it's difficult to, uh, survive. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if you time it exactly right, you can grab somebody when they want to jump, and then let go and then jump, uh, okay. <laughs> and screw them up while, while you yourself survive. Yeah, I figured um, it would just be like a Donkey Kong grab someone and carry them off the edge yeah not not they don't let you mess with people that much um but there there is a game there's a game where like you throw bombs at people Mm. um to try to knock them off the platform so i guess that's probably the most like direct attack you can do in fall guys um Mm. Aside from just pushing somebody off the edge. Yeah. Which you can do in any game. Yeah. uh, Kirby Dream Buffet is similar, but more More of... violent. Yeah, it's... Well, it just... It's more of a party game, I guess. Where it's like... Yeah. You're... You know, like... Your skill can help you to win, but not necessarily. There's enough of a random element to it that... um, yeah, things might just happen. Yeah, it sounds more like Mario Party. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so, yeah, because that topic came off of <clears throat> a few side tangents, because we were talking about Muppers, and then... Yeah. I, I don't think I ever actually said anything about the movie. Mm. <laughs> I just said, like, oh, it's good and delightful, and then we got off on, the like, a Tim Curry tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Last time I watched it was maybe a year ago. I definitely watched it on Disney Plus at one point. It's 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 just really good, except for the main characters uh, s- singing. Mm. But, uh, aside from that, everything else is on point. Mm. Um, and I, I I forget I I don't know why, but I I forget every single time that I watch it that it's a musical. Mm. Um, yeah, most of the Muppet movies are. Yeah, I don't know why I always forget that. Maybe maybe because like none of the songs are like too singable. Mm. Um, they're all mostly just you know in context uh the songs mm. um and then there's there's that one insert song with <laughs> miss piggy and kermit at the end mm. <laughs> for a song i've never heard out, outside the movie uh like having having an insert song um uh, in a in a movie is such like an 80s and 90s thing to do mm. uh, and I've I've never ever heard it outside of the context of Muppers Pleasure Planet. Yeah. Which, if anyone doesn't know, it's Muppets Treasure Island. But 
Well, um, yeah, I mean, we're assuming people are following the chronology and they listen to the last episode first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just flubbed my speech and said Muffer's Pleasure Planet. Yeah, and then um, I was looking for a title and saying, hey, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, so you said you had a second topic? Oh, yeah. I played a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Infamous. And it came out in 2009, which is the the last time that I was happy. Mm. (laughs) Did you name your character Butts? Ah, no. It's a a character... Your main character is like an actual character with a story and everything, and a name. And he has the widest name ever. Um, It's Cole. Okay. His name is Cole. Like the guy from Mortal Kombat. There's a guy from Mortal Kombat named Cole. The one in the movie, I think. The oh, the, the <laughs> pointless character they made up for the movie to be the audience insert. I'm pretty sure his name was Cole. I forgot, but yeah, his name is Cole McGrath. Yeah. Uh, and he's a he's a bike courier in and not New York. Um, the not New York in this one is called Empire City. Mm. Uh, and it's surrounded by water for um, game design convenience. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't want you wondering why there's an invisible wall on the bridge leading to the mainland. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only bridge leading to the mainland um, is blocked off by the government with guns. Okay, so there is an um, invisible wall, basically. Yeah, it's it's diegetic though. Mm. That's 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 on my word calendar for today. Mm. Um, well, yeah, we are the word loving podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's going to be on the word calendar for next week? Um, tell us in the comments below. <laughs> mm. Let's see if we remember that that was a bit. We will we will um, organically work it into the podcast, no matter how obscure. Mm. You have our word, which may or may not mean anything. Yeah, I mean, actually, that could be a fun twist for an episode to uh, just getting a list of weird words and having to use them all by the end of the episode. <laughs> and and whenever we whenever we use the last word, you can just put in like a like a really weak like party um like party noise like mm. well then i'd have to remember that but i guess it would make yeah. sense yeah no just it'd be like those vocabulary stories i had to write in high school where they're like here's all your 10 vocab words for the week now write a story using all of them and so i being an overachiever uh video game dork decided to write like a continuing story week to week about Crystal from Star Fox, <laughs> and I just kept, you know, finding ways to squeeze all these words in. Why do you think? Why do you make things harder on yourself? because <laughs> eh, I wanted to write an ongoing story. Well, I'm I'm glad you had passion for your work in high school because I didn't. Mm. No, nope. all that creative energy has now gone into my D and D campaign, so nobody's really seen it in a couple of years because. You know, all the fanfic stopped, and I started doing D and D instead, and that's all offline. Well, at least you have an outlet. Mm. Um, and speaking of outlets, 
Uh, mm. Coal has electric powers. Yep. How's that for a segue? Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, like Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. It, I mean, almost exactly. Mm. Um, except he he isn't all blue and ugly. Um and he doesn't have a he doesn't have a song that's cooler out of context than it is in the actual movie. Mm. Uh, Can um, you turn into electricity and travel through uh wires? No. Mm. At least not that I remember. There there's some weirder powers in the second game, but I don't think he can ever do that. Mm. Um Okay, so the 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 game opens up um, and the the there's basically not a main menu. It's just like a you just see like a, a city park um, and everybody's going about their business. And then you hit start and there's a huge ass explosion. Um, and your character wakes up and he is right at the epicenter of the blast and he's the only one in like five city blocks that is alive. Um, so, you know, he gets up, he runs around, everything around him is exploding, um, anything he passes that's electric blows, uh, blows up, um, and then he passes out for two weeks, um, and then a a really cool, like, motion comic, uh, cutscene plays that goes over how bad shit is, um, in the city now. After, uh, after all the electricity you know. blew up, yeah. Um, so he wakes up, finds that. Well, first of all, um, half an island is blown up. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, a lot of people are, are dead. There's a plague going on. Uh, so the government shut has quarantined the island. Or, or the the entire city rather uh, and so now everybody has been in the city stranded with a plague yeah um, and, for two weeks and then and Bane and all the criminals come up from the underground <laughs> and they take over <laughs> when was that story written because this that was, was made in 2009 okay uh, that movie came out in 2012. So I guess, I mean, I'd say it ripped it off, but I mean, you know, there's been other stories about, you know, it's like Escape from New York was from the 80s, and that was like Manhattan Island is transformed into a prison. Right. And even like Batman No Man's Land came out in the late 90s, and that was an earthquake cuts off Gotham from the mainland and disrupts society to the point that all the criminals just divide up the city and take it over. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, uh, nothing's original if you go back far enough. Mm. Uh. Yeah, it's all based on the works of <clears throat> Plato and uh, Homer and some other Greek guy. I guess I don't know. Marge. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Margius Andronicus. <laughs> 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 See, we we can do highbrow humor. <laughs> I just yes, just, I have read a Shakespeare. 
<laughs> by adding adding Latin sounding names to a Greek mm. to a Greek to a Greek joke. <laughs> I mean, it is funny that Shakespeare's considered so highbrow when if you read Titus Andronicus, that is a fucked up story. Oh yeah, I mean all those stories about like fucking and death, yeah. uh, and murder and um, fairies, uh, yeah. and historical figures. Yeah. Um. But we're talking about a good story this time. We're talking about infamous. Yep, about an electric guy who does electric things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he wakes up, finds out he has electric powers, and as as far as anyone can tell, he's the only one with superpowers that isn't um, a psychopath but well maybe you can either choose to be a psychopath or not mm. uh, yep I'm gonna have like, that Bioware morality tree oh it, it's it's even worse than Bioware uh, yeah I mean from what you were saying it sounded like you only have two morality choices instead of three yeah you it, it's like the the first choice in the game is like oh do i do i share this food with people or um do i kill them <laughs> and take it off for myself mm. it, like like it's not it's it's not deep or subtle at all it's just do do i want to be the good guy on this playthrough or the bad guy yeah like like and none of it until the end none of it has any real meaning like the same shit happens no matter what you do it's just do you want the red points or the blue points mm. um but the 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 cool thing about it is that the red points and the blue points like it's not just a color swap there are slightly different powers um and like the if you if you go good um then your your powers are more like precise like trying for less collateral damage okay um and if you go bad like they're just they they blow up everything mm. <laughs> it's, it's like like were you within 20 feet of this bad guy well sorry <laughs> you, you just got electrocuted mm, yeah. um and it, it's technically an open world game but there's nothing to do in the open world except like side missions which are really basic mm. you know like uh go here shoot guys with guns bad guys um and then you win or go here um and do a pick a morality choice pick a color um what color are you that's the color you'll pick mm. <laughs> and that will determine your morality. Yes. <laughs> like one of the first choices, like after the initial one, is like, oh, there's a guy down here. He closed the door on me. Uh, do I kill him and just blow up the door, mm. or do I tell him his wife is dead? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Telling him his wife is dead is the good choice. <laughs> is his wife actually dead, or yeah, yeah? Like you, you find her body on the ground. Like that. That's another cool thing is that they actually do some interesting things with the electric powers. 
Mm. Like they they actually extrapolate more than like oh he can shoot lightning bolts at people. Um, like he he sees this dead woman on the ground and he puts his hand over her head and he can like I I I assume it's like he reads the electrical synapses in her brain. Okay. That um, constitute her memory. So she can see who attacked her and like where they came from. And but she's too injured, um, I assume, to do the electric restart the heart thing. Yeah, she did. Mm. <laughs> Which I don't I don't know how brain activity works, but I feel like it might be gone if she was dead. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's it's magic superpowers, all right. It like it's, we don't have to go too deep into it. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then you follow a ghost <laughs> to reach wh- where they're keeping her husband, who is the guy that you can either kill or not kill, mm. depending on whether you want to be a hero or, or a raging douchebag. Yes, <laughs> that's that's the word. Because like you, you're still technically not the villain. Because like if you were, if you were the villain, I feel like everybody would run every time they see you. Mm. Um, because you have no regard for <laughs> the lives of random people on the street. Mm. But they don't. Um, no, nope, you get to be they're, Black they're, Adam and uh, the balance of. Uh, powers gonna change in the DC universe and whatever yeah um I don't even remember what day that movie's supposed to come out <laughs> I forgot that movie was gonna come out I, don't know, I just remember it, it's become a running joke that like the rock has played up the idea of <clears throat> uh, Black Adam being a bad boy so much that it's just kind of a joke now that when when the movie comes out and he's actually a good boy, um, that it'll be weird. Yeah, well, it's like between you know being like a bad boy, but also being like I can kick Superman's ass. You know, you're, you're all gonna see how tough and cool I am because I can beat up Superman. Yeah. See, at at this point, I don't know if that's like him legitimately having fun with with being a superhero, mm. or if he's just like still playing a character <laughs> I mean it does kind of feel like a wrestling promotion yeah like like he he knows what kind of nerds are on the internet yeah it's like oh I can beat up Superman <laughs> yeah. I can beat um, up your dad <laughs> I can fuck your dad if I want to mm. <laughs> <laughs> and leave your friends behind <laughs> I'm a truth seeker <laughs> Oh god. Mm. Uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't remember which video uh, that came from now because all I can think of is the Giraffe Town video. <laughs> that that was from uh, Power Washing Simulator. Okay. <laughs> I'm a truth seeker. Where where's your dad? I wanna kiss him. <laughs> Uh, it's Gabe Grubbs, by the way. Anyone who yeah. does not know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, no, um, recent Game Grumps episodes. 
Yeah. The the giraffe the giraffe town episode went places. Like, I hope they uh. are gonna do a follow up. Like, I don't know how much you know, after the timeline reset, how much more story there is to giraffe town. But I'm curious to see if they can avoid getting the giraffe's head cut off uh, in the next loop. I guess. I'd assume. Yeah. The, you know, the whole point was him traveling to this place and getting his head cut off and then tunnels the time traveling clown sending him back in time to do things differently so he doesn't die do, do you think do you think he has to meet the clown again to like not create a time paradox or t- do you think that uh, I don't know tunnels gave me some serious Majora's Mask vibes just the whole uh, that, style of him, the like weird jerky cutaway, um, like yeah. motion. So it felt like that, you know, N sixty four Legend of Zelda style of animation. Yeah, like the the weird uncanny movement mixed with like the actual creepy shit that he's doing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like the the creepy presentation the creepy things he's saying and then you just be like he's doing this one dance on a loop and then smash cut different angle he's in a different pose he's like staring like just still and then suddenly doing a different dance and, you know there's no flow between the motions it's just whatever animation on a loop there is for that part of the dialogue yeah I would. Who made this game? <laughs> it's the the guy whose face was on the billboard, partway through the. I don't remember. It sounded like Arabic kind of name, but I guess that huh. guy is like the sole creator of this game. Um, well, I I would imagine. And I would consider playing it if it didn't look like such a pain in the ass to, you know, get down that street. Yeah. Just put on "I Like Your Smile" and. Uh, You'll get through it. Mm. Um, so infamous. It, 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 <laughs> we'll go from the giraffe game to the um, superpower game. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you wake up after two weeks. The whole city is gone to shit. Um, Cats and dogs games. living together, mass hysteria. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Um, people are getting slimed uh, left and right. Mm. Um, well, I mean, I, they actually kind of are, um, because like the there's a there's a crazy super powered woman um, who, in in a very like late two thousands uh, edgy video game kind of way, is uh, like really over sexualized, mm. <laughs> like for for a T rated game. Um, it's T for titties. <laughs> Jade, I like mm. you. <laughs> um, it might be the title. I don't know. If we just put a picture of this person as the image. Yeah, S- Sasha. If you have to, uh, mm. um, search for it. Mm. Yeah, like the the first area of the game. There's a there's a. Uh, street gang called the reapers um 
and they're actually just people who were like corrupted by her super powered tar bond control powers um, to do her bidding and if you're good like you could basically just ignore it but if you're evil um, you get to go on a rampage with her minions and do what she says and she gives you evil points um, and that's probably the most interesting like divergence <laughs> in the good and evil parts of the game mm. like cutscenes are slightly different but aside from that it's not really um, it's not really important which one you pick it's just what, what how much of an asshole do you feel like today mm. um, but yeah so you you go through you fight through the city um, like half the city's out of power so you like go in the sewers and turn on the power and uh, as you do that you unlock new powers um, and as you get good boy points or bad boy points you unlock upgrades to those powers um, yeah like, like I said the first area is the crazy tar lady mm. um, who lives in your head <laughs> the second area uh the the new enemy gang there is called the Dustmen, who are a bunch of homeless people who you <laughs> you have to beat up and kill. So that's kind of awkward. Mm. Um, so you have I mean, to even kidding. if you're the good guy, you have to beat them up. Yeah, I mean, like they are kidnapping and um, killing people. Okay. So I mean, it's not like it's it's, it's not, not just like you're <clears throat> looking for homeless people on the street to murder. Yeah. Like they're they're actually just uh, terrible people, mm. but still, like when like, like having that as the context, like oh, they're they're a bunch of homeless people from like this terrible part of town who uh, were given leadership by this super powered guy who can move metal with his mind. It's like, well, that that doesn't make me feel good. Mm. <laughs> it's like. Like, oh, these people have had terrible lives, and then the city goes to shit, and then they band together under this guy, and then they start just murder murdering random people, I guess. Mm. Yep, because they're all working for Magneto. Yeah. I mean, he... Yeah, the the leader of... He's a, he's a guy who was... Uh, like the the heir to the psychic cult who the, the big bad of the game Kessler uh like kicked him out um when he was a kid so he grew up homeless <laughs> so now he's now he's a crazy super powered man um and you you get to beat him up and his friends <laughs> so and then he falls off a bridge um and he never comes back <laughs> so Not even in the presumed game. dead yeah, not even in the second game. Or the third game, which doesn't take place uh, in the same general area. Mm. Um, so I, I assume he's dead. Even though they say in the cutscene, like, what? He fell off the bridge. We couldn't find a body. He's a, he's <laughs> well, he, he literally says, like, but he's a conduit, which is the... the 
in universe name for people with superpowers mm. um, conduit because electric powers you get it mm. well I mean it doesn't sound like they're all electric it's just him being electric yeah but it, it's a whole theme mm. It's a thematic thing, Jade. You wouldn't get it. Nah. <laughs> no, it's too deep and heady for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, oh. By the way, I didn't mention this yet, but our our main character Cole, he has the graveliest voice that I have ever heard. Mm. Like it, it, it sounds like he came out the pussy smoking menthols. I mean, if his name is Cole, <laughs> like he should have had fire powers. <laughs> You're not wrong. They should have called him Alec but, yeah. for the electric power guy. <laughs> Hello, my name is Alec Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alec T. Rick. <laughs> Alec Rickety. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we have to come up with a character now. They <laughs> name Alec T. Rickety. I uh, mean, give him electric powers. No, we, I mean, we give him. Spider Man villain at that point. <laughs> we, we give him ice powers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and he spends his life wondering why he has these powers instead of the ones that his birth name should have given him. Yeah, like we. <laughs> We <laughs> we make his backstory that like he was a he was an electrician. He was working on this like uh, this big radiation machine, and he got shocked by it. Uh, and he gets ice powers, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then he kills Spider Man. Uh, what, what was I talking about? Uh, oh yeah, um, the guy who fell off a bridge and I guess died. Who knows? Yeah, he might as well have died. They, they, they kind of go on a completely different storyline after the second game. Mm. So, um, oh yeah. So the there's basically two other characters in the game uh, other than you. There's your best friend Zeke. He's a he's a weird lecherous fat guy. Um, he's your guy in the chair. Yeah, basically. And his his one like important trait throughout the game is that he re- he's really jealous of your superpowers, even though he doesn't come out and say it. Mm. It's very obvious. So he gets superpowers um, in the second one. No, because he he's he. Doesn't have the conduit gene, no. so he can't get superpowers. Oh, his midichlorian count wasn't high enough. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and at at the the top of the giant trash tower that the homeless people were building, um, he decides to to use the device that gave Cole the powers in the first place. That like destroyed the city. Uh, Zeke tried to use it again, <laughs> so like he made the decision to kill like thousands more people um, to give himself superpowers, and it didn't work because he's not a conduit. 
and uh, they they don't really do anything with that. <laughs> like in in the second game, they kind of just mention it. Like they they mention like how can I trust you, and then he just trusts him implicitly. Mm. <laughs> like they 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 go through this whole like betrayal thing, but they never really pay it off. Um, because writing is hard. Mm. Um, and the other character is Trish, who is Cole's girlfriend. She's a doctor. Um, her sister died in the blast, and she hates Cole for it now. But then they slowly start getting together again, and then she gets killed by the big bad guy. Who shoves her in a fridge. Um, I mean, no, what, what, <clears throat> what he does is it's basically like the trolley problem, except, uh, hmm. more active. Okay. Uh, so you get he, to he, get a morality choice. Do I want to be good or do I want to make the trolley ride both <laughs> rails at once and hit everyone? <laughs> uh, yeah, double rail sliding. Uh, uh, uh the the choice <laughs> is just go get a hot dog while everyone dies because I didn't bother see to if save I you could though. I if I could I would just because uh, like the choices are fucking stupid mm. like they don't mean anything it's, like even this one, like that the, scene like the, in the Dark Knight the, where they have to decide if they're gonna save uh, Harvey or um, uh, what's your face no, you, you know what it's you know what it's like. You know what it's like? It's exactly like in uh, Spider-Man 1. Mm. Where... Uh, oh, like, so it's it's happening at the same location. Yeah, like Goblin... Yeah, Goblin has a trolley uh, and drops Jane Mary Jane hand. and Spider-Man just grabs them both. Yeah. Because this is supposed <laughs> to be the Gwen Stacy death, but they're not going to go that dark in the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I think it's funny how Spider-Man... Like, he just does it. Spider-Man's so cool. Yeah. Cole, like Cole's a little bitch. He can't even save his girlfriend. What a what a loser. Mm. Uh, um, so the 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 choice you're given in this one is Kessler, the the bad guy, um, who's leader of the psychic cult, um, who created the race sphere, which is the the device that caused the explosion and gave Cole his powers. Um, he he has Trish. Uh, like tied to a stick on a tall building about to drop her and he puts six doctors like six random doctors that we don't know uh on several sticks on another building like right across the street mm. and you have to decide which one to like which group you want to save do you want to save the six doctors and get your good or boy this points. one <laughs> yeah or do you want to save this one actual character? Mm. And get your bad boy points because you saved a life. Yeah. Already. Yeah. So I'm going to say the, the first time I played this game, I was playing a good boy. Um, and I decided to save Trish against uh, all the good boy points that I had earned. Mm. Um, and I, I almost quit playing the game mm. because do you want to know what happened? She dies anyway. Yes, um, it turns out that Kessler, uh, he pulled the switcheroo. Um, Trish was actually one of the people o on the the roof with the six 
doctors. Oh, okay, so he did the Dark Knight Joker thing. Yeah. The addresses backwards. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she dies. Mm. Um, and then I, w- I was so upset when I played that the first so time. So when you did it like the second time, ago. It, he didn't do the switcheroo? When he goes yeah. the other way? So she's dead either way. Yeah, so, yeah, literally, no matter what you do, she dies. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's literally a, it's literally a meaningless choice mm. for, and, and that, that is, that is... And does the game hold you accountable for it for the rest of the game, even though you didn't have a choice at all? Oh yeah, Cole blames himself throughout the whole like two and a half games that he's yeah. in. It's like that part in Spec Ops: so, The Line where you have to drop the white phosphorus, <laughs> and there is no way to proceed aside from doing that. And then they treat it like you made a heinous choice for the rest of the thing by doing the only yeah, thing well, you're I'm, allowed to do. I mean, to to be fair, in in Infamous, uh, it's just like Cole being a like a brooding superhero, yeah. and and like, you, you know, I have to I have to live with the mistakes I've made. Yeah, they weren't yeah. ready to commit to that big of a story ranch to say that. Well, there's a timeline where she lives, and there's a timeline where she dies. She just yeah. she's got to die, and it's either a fake out or a bad choice. But I mean. She could have just died later. Mm. Like they, they could have. I don't know. They, they could have oh, just also, done the like, Gwen Stacy thing. Of he throws her off the building, and you try to save her, and that kills her, because your lightning powers go off when you go to catch her, or something. Yeah, like what? What actually happens is, uh, whatever choice you make, uh, she falls. You go to her, like you try to resuscitate her with your um, defibrillator defibrillating hands which is a power you have like any any people like just you know hurt on the street you (laughs) you shock them with your hands and that somehow heals them Mm. um even if you know it's not just that their heart stopped it's it's that they got shot in the face except it didn't work on that one (laughs) person whose memories you read earlier yeah well she was already like fully dead but i mean if so you have a short window of time to undeadify someone. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's just a game mechanic. Like it, it's, they don't expect you to think about it. Because mm. <laughs> like he, he tries to, uh, he tries to revive Trish, and she comes back just long enough to, to, either if you're a good guy, uh, tell you like how much uh, she's proud of you. Or if you're a bad guy, um, yeah, tell her like how much you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. L- like literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just drop her and keep going about being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just find the tallest building you can and like thunder drop right into a crowd of people. <laughs> or no, while she's telling you off, you loot her pockets or purse or wherever. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> take her wallet. <laughs> <laughs> she she says that and you're like I'm glad Amy does. <laughs> no, she she's like like I hate what you've become and he's like I want to break up. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, are are you ready for the twist, Jade? Okay. So yeah, all that happens. Uh, there's a whole subplot with like the FBI and the NSA, um, and there's Phil Lamar, uh, who's playing a spy, um, and you find the ray sphere, and you you either decide to destroy it for good boy points or um, use it again for bad boy points. Um, and th- this is the one decision that actually has like a like an in-game impact. Like if you if you destroy it, you don't get anything. But if you use it, uh, you get uh, like a, I think you get like experience and maybe some like extra charge on your superpowers. Because uh, like you you have like a an electric meter. Um, where as you use your powers, uh, it goes away and you have to find a source of electricity to drain it, um, and power yourself back up. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> and if you use the race fear the second time, I think it lets you get more charge. Um, but either way, like the race fear blows up and John goes with it. Like he gets torn apart you know, gone, reduced to atoms. Um, and then you fight the big bad guy, Kessler. Uh, and then you kick his ass. He says all kind of cryptic shit about uh, the decisions that Cole makes mm. um, and being very critical of him. Um, can you guess the, the twist just by the very little information that I've given you so far? Uh, he's your father? Very close. I'll give you one more guess. He's your brother. No, he is you from the future. (laughs) (laughs) You you were so close. I'll give you a B minus. Cousins, uncles, Um, brothers, former roommate. Yeah, your second cousin by marriage. Mm. Um. Yeah, he's you from the future. Like you, you kill him, and he puts his hands to your head. And uh, he gives you all his memories of like, oh, he he married Trish and they had kids, but then this this like big evil superpowered guy named the Beast came, and he destroyed the world, but somehow he he was able to get a superpower that let him go back in time, so he took control of this psychic cult and put all these plans into motion to give Cole superpowers early. Um, So that he could kill Trish and appease Mephisto so that he wouldn't destroy the world. (laughs) Because he couldn't (laughs) let that happy marriage stand. Yeah. It it was supposed to be a thing where like, oh, I I had to prepare you for the the test that is to come. Um... But it turns out that in the second game, like giving Cole powers early, just also gave the Beast powers early. Mm. So um, it didn't really work. <laughs> mm. um, so part two is the Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a rat and a cheetah and a waspinator. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
And yeah, that's the story of the game. The story is not great, but like the the atmosphere and like the motion comic uh, cutscenes and stuff are, are really good. Um, and the game the gameplay is fun. Like they they do a lot of cool stuff with electrical powers. Mm. Um, the only thing that's not fun is like the climbing, because I I I guess. Like he was into parkour and stuff, so he can climb buildings pretty quick. Mm. Also, I, I I guess he has like electromagnetic fingers, so he can, you know, like latch onto things easier. Um, if you do anything, an electricity can. Yeah. <laughs> like I I I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure, well. The the second game is different, but in in the first game, um, the only like the only way to maneuver around the city pretty quickly is to jump on like like a power line or like a train, uh, like in an electric train uh, track, because then you can like just boost yourself really quickly and. Navigating any other way is really slow. <laughs> like, you, you know how Spider-Man games are usually really fun because you can just swing around a city, mm. um, and like even just the act of swinging in itself is pretty cool. Um, Infamous is the opposite of that. <laughs> like trying to trying to navigate the city with your slow ass electrical powers is pretty annoying. Mm. Um. Yeah. Aside from that, very good game. Yeah, go play it if you like Static Shock because it's basically just an edgier Static Shock. <laughs> mm. And it's only PlayStation, right? Where is it? Like? Oh yeah, it was on PS3. Okay. Yeah, it's the same people who made Sly Cooper. Okay. So they went from furries to superheroes. Mm. Like r- right around the time that the MCU was just starting, so that, that I mean that was a nice shift. Mm. They they really got on that train uh, right when they should have. Except maybe not because the, they stopped making them like around twenty thirteen. Mm. I mean, it does kind of sound like you know the late two thousands, the gritty, violent kind of superhero thing. Yeah, before I, MCU it, it's... really got into full swing of. Uh, Making it more like friendly, I guess. I don't know. I mean, hard to describe exactly what the MCU is on the you know flavor scale. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's mostly just like popcorn fun, but they get into like really dark ideas, I guess, mm. um, from time to time. Yeah, Infamous is more like it's pretty close to the Arkham games, mm. where like Arkham is like Arkham is more consistently dark. Mm. You know where like oh the the criminals are just constantly killing people. Yeah, I mean, do the Infamous like, characters like, yeah, we have understand costumes that. in the, like the Arkham ones are definitely dark and violent, but also still have <clears> their comic booky like unique appearance thing you know costumes yeah. and looks and stuff 
Yeah, um, Cole doesn't really have a costume. Like, he's basically just, like, in a hoodie and pants. Mm. Um, but it does change slightly depending on how good or how bad you are. Um, the, the villains are, the villains look more like comic book characters. Uh, it's like Sasha is just like a, you know, tentacle body horror monster. Um, Alden, the, um, the trash guy, he's like half mechanical. Like, I think he had a mechanical eye, maybe. Um, and Kessler is just like sleek and futuristic, uh, like lab coat with a hood looking guy. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the villains are a lot more comic booky than, you know, Cole or any of his friends are. Oh, okay. I, that, that kind of changes in the second game. Like, Cole is still pretty generic, um, like jeans and a t-shirt mm. <laughs> type of guy. But, the you actually have super powered friends in that one who are a lot more um out there like there's this like the the second one like i i haven't gotten too far into it again but there's uh there's a character she's like a she's like a swamp lady and she has like a weird like tribal uh outfit going where her titties are all like wow mm. um, um, and there's she like she she's the she's the bad boy partner and the good boy partner um, is a woman with ice powers uh, mm. <laughs> and like basically like she gets ice powers and then she like dyes her hair blue and she puts all kind of like white make white and blue makeup on mm. <laughs> to make herself look more like a, a woman with ice powers. It's it's really weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the the looks definitely get a lot more comic booky. Um, starting with the second one. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of wish Cole had like an actual costume because. Otherwise, he's ju- like just a dude. He he's he looks like every other like late two thousands uh, video game protagonist. Mm. Like like really short hair, really gruff voice. Um, which also his voice changes between the first and second game. He's he's less gravelly and even more generic. Mm. Um. But yeah, that's the first Infamous. Um, if you have a PS3, you should play it. Mm. Um, but if you have a PS3, you probably already have. <laughs> yeah, one of the few must-haves on <clears throat> PS3. Yeah. Um, Uh, let's see. Let's yeah, see. Th- that's all okay. I've got. That's all I've got. Um, um, yeah, I'm I watched and read some stuff. Um, 
Okay, which of these topics sounds the most interesting to talk about? I watched Sonic the Hedgehog porn. 2. Uh, no, none of these are porn. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog oh. 2. I watched a few episodes of The Orville. I read some classic Spider-Man comics. Um, read some Brandon Sanderson books. And um, the new Space Jammer D&D books came out. Which I kind of glanced Is that the one with? Is that the one with LeBron James? Um, you would think so, but no, I don't think there's anyone even resembling a basketball player in it. It, it does well, have uh, space clown, you know, killer clowns from outer space. That there are space clowns who fly around in UFOs that are shaped like circus tents, and there are vampires who are vampire pirates. Um, and there's a new race called plasmoids that are sentient oozes that can take humanoid forms, but you can, you know, basically grow pseudopod appendages wherever you need, whenever, because you're just a blob that can shape itself. Um, and there is an adventure that I'm looking forward to running at some point, which includes a pirate flump named Flapjack. So, that's pretty cute. I... I'm hoping yeah. they make some uh, flapjack, like miniatures or merchandise or something. Um, but is that like the marvelous misadventures of flapjack? Um, if that involved a jellyfish alien thing with a giant pirate hat, it probably did at some mm. point. Yeah, it went places. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only saw like some episodes on TV. Yeah, it got really weird. Um, I think that was the whole point, is to just get really weird. Mm. Okay, but um, Sonic 2, Orville, Spider-Man, or Sanderson? Spooderman. Okay, yep, I remembered to grab it off my bookshelf so I could reference it as we talk about it. Um... So, Arachnavolt pointed out a few weeks ago that Amazon was having a sale on the Penguin Classics edition of Spider-Man, Captain America, and Black Panther. They were all half off. So, I bought the Spider-Man volume, and it is um, a bunch of comics with some, like, contextual, you know, uh, like introduction paragraph things explaining, you know, some behind-the-scenes stuff and... Uh, and etc. But it has it's all comics from the first two years of Spider-Man. So there are let's see, Amazing Fantasy fifteen, Amazing Spider-Man one through four, and then they, s- they summarize five through eight, and then it's got nine and ten summarize eleven and twelve, uh, thirteen fourteen. Uh, summarize 15, 16, and annual number one, which is the one where the Sinister Six first appeared. Um, and then it has 17, 18, 19, and a couple other, uh, not exact semi-related, you know, they're not part of the story, but they're interesting in the context of the story things. Uh, okay, so yeah, so Amazing Fantasy 15 is your classic Spider-Man origin story. Um, but also includes the rest of Amazing Fantasy 15, which I don't think I've ever read, 
because it is an anthology of just short stories that you know the spider-man debut was in there are three other short stories in it after the spider-man story so we got a story about uh, an old bell ringer at a church on an island that has an active volcano and the volcano erupts and the old man's like no i need to ring the bell every day no matter what uh so he stays behind to keep ringing the bell even though the island is destroyed by a volcano but then his soul is i guess taken up to heaven or something the end yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know it's there's definitely kind of a twilight zone vibe to a lot of these where there's just like some kind of weird supernaturalish thing or some kind of a twist that happens um the second comic in it is called or i guess third because spider-man was the first um it's called man in the mummy case and it is the story of a guy who's on the run from the cops and he ducks inside of a museum where a talking mummy shows up and walks up to him and says hey get in my casket you'll be safe in there and the guy's like wait i won't be able to breathe in there you're gonna let me out right and the mummy's like don't worry um there's air inside and i will open it as soon as your pursuers leave and so the guy gets in the coffin and the mummy just stands there and the cops show up and they can't find anything and uh they open the coffin nobody's in there after they leave mummy opens the coffin like he promised and yep there's nobody in there because he uh actually teleported the guy to ancient egypt to help drag stone blocks and build pyramids because i guess this is a time traveling mummy coffin now <laughs> who knows it's that, it's sci-fi shenanigans that that seems like a really inefficient way yeah. To get people to work on your pyramid. Yeah, he's just got to wait for, you know, a lone person to stumble into the museum at a time when no one else is around so we can trick them into the coffin one by one. And send them back in time and create a time loop where his pyramid was created by people who he sent from the future. So fucking stupid. And then the final story <laughs> in this is called There Are Martians Among Us. Which starts off with a spaceship crashes on Earth and, you know, some, like, sheriff ranger people show up and they're looking around. They don't see anyone in there. Um, So there's a search going on for weeks and then we see a couple and they're seeing it on the TV and they're like, oh, it's scary out there. Um, And so the wife goes out for groceries and she gets grabbed by someone. And then husband comes... By a ghoulie? Um, well, so the, the twist is the husband comes home, finds the wife is gone, gets on the phone, he's like, oh no, they got her, and they're gonna come for me next, because I'm actually a Martian, and she's also a Martian. Because they're, they're the Martians, then they secretly have four arms, <laughs> they look human, but they have four arms, and they hide their extra arms by having really big clothing. So... Isn't that literally a Twilight Zone? Yeah, pretty much. Episode? Yeah, there, there's you know, more or less one that was like that. There's that one where they stop at the diner because their bus broke down or something, and yeah. there's a Martian who's part of their crew, but then they had the double twist that there's another alien who's running the, the he's diner. Like, he's like from Jupiter. Yeah. 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 Like the, 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 the Martian guy turned out to be like the bus driver, yeah. and uh, he has four arms. Yeah. And the the and the, the diner, diner lifts uh, up his like cap and he has a third eye. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I love Twilight yeah. Zone. Uh, yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me if Marvel ripped that off because they were just churning these comics out so fast. Um, yeah, I mean, but let's see, when would that have been made? Uh, I think Twilight like, Zone was like either mid, late mid, 50s or early 60s. And this comic's from. I know Tw- Twilight Zone was like early to mid 60s. Mm. Like, I, I think maybe like 60 to 65, maybe, like the original. Maybe. I mean, because this comic's from 62. So I guess depending on the season, one of them might have been before the other. Yep. They, they probably ripped it mm. off. <laughs> um, Bad to guess. So then we got Amazing Spider-Man. Issue number one has uh, Spider-Man recapping his origin story. And then um, J. Jonah Jameson is introduced as a character. He hates Spider-Man for reasons that will be talked about in a later issue. But uh, he's telling everyone, uh, you shouldn't like Spider-Man, instead you should like my son, John Jameson, the astronaut. Um, and so, Jameson is doing his... Uh, and like, the first issue is divided into two parts. There's like that whole shuttle thing, and then there's him versus Chameleon as the first like supervillain to be introduced in a Spider-Man story. Um, where Spider-Man first tries to get a you know paying job as a superhero by joining the fantastic four and after fighting the fantastic four to show all his powers and stuff they say well actually we're a non-profit superhero group all the funding we get just pays for the equipment we have to do science and superheroing and stuff and spidey's like oh well uh, never mind and he jumps out the window before they can tell him like maybe we can figure something out um and then Let's see, then we see Chameleon doing his whatever evil espionage stuff. Um, and he tries to pose as Spider-Man to frame Spider-Man, and Spider-Man uh, unmasks him. He like ends up disguising himself again as a police officer, and Spider-Man reveals that to the other cops, so they know, that, hey, that's the Chameleon. Um, issue 2 is the... Sure. Uh, also, I forgot, I don't know when it changed to being the Daily Bugle, but J. Jonah Jameson's building originally says, J. Jonah Jameson Publishing, Now Magazine. So, his, you know, Now Magazine, capital mm-hmm. N, capital O, capital W, it was, you know, what becomes the Daily Bugle. Um, but, yeah, The Vulture, Daily Bugle is a lot better. Yeah. Now, Vulture is just an old guy who happens to look a lot like a vulture and somehow created a flying suit with bird wings and uses it to commit robberies and tries to do it in, like, very dramatic ways to show off, pretty much. You know, like, he tells everyone what he's going to steal, and so they make a point of, like, having cops with rifles who you know, like looking at the sky for the vulture to swoop down, and then Vulture pops up out of the sewer because he planned to fly through the sewer and through the subway tunnels after stealing it through this manhole. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but then Spider-Man and Vulture have a big high-flying you know, duel in the sky, and Peter gets the idea that he can take pictures of himself and sell them to Jameson, and that whole thing starts off. Um, it, is it like the is it like the fight from the 
uh, Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man game where there's a bunch of lightning and if you go too high the lightning will hit you uh no it's during the daytime no sign of weather lame yeah and then the second half of issue two is the uncanny threat of the terrible tinkerer um (laughs) because the tinkerer was introduced in this very early spider-man comic where peter parker is sent to go visit the guy who he doesn't i mean he knows the guy's name but uh, the the tinkerer doesn't know that he's a bad guy, so he's sent to get the guy to repair his radio, and then discovers because the spider sense goes off that down in the basement, the tinkerer is working with aliens who are putting like uh, espionage devices inside of radios, and so he goes to confront them and they have a big fight, and then the tinkerer and the let's see, did he capture the tinkerer? No, okay. Yeah, I guess so the Tinker and the aliens get away in a spaceship. And as far uh, as we can tell from this issue, they are actually aliens, and it's not until, <laughs> I want to say like ten years later, that somebody revisited this in a comic with Mysterio, where they say that Mysterio actually <laughs> you know, set up this whole alien deception thing and the spaceship and everything. It was all you, a plot by Mysterio. Are you sure that's... Just not when they brought the Thanos copter to Earth. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, issue two of Spider-Man has him fighting aliens who we are led to believe are actually aliens. Who want to put uh, spying devices inside of radios. Uh, Man, they were, they were like MCU like just like 60 years early. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there is a crossover with Hulk later. I mean, he crossed over with Fantastic Four in his first issue, but... Um, let's see. Issue 3, Dr. Octopus. I think this one, the whole thing is just about him dealing with Dr. Octopus. Because Dr. Octopus actually beats him in their first fight. Which was uh, a new thing at the time. Like, Spider-Man had never been beaten by one of his villains before. Yeah. Too many arms. Yeah. Nope. So let's see. Yeah, so Doc beats him up, and then Human Torch gives him a pe- pep talk, so he gets back in the action and has a second fight with Doctor Octopus and beats him that time. Um, so so he didn't he didn't help him. He just was like, "Yeah, you can do it, dude." Yeah, he, pretty, he did pretty it. much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. And then. Um, and then, like, Spider-Man has a weird relationship with Torch. It's like he, I think, went back to thank him, but ends up just, like, bragging a lot. Um, like, <laughs> Human Torch, I guess, is supposed to also be a teenager in this. So they're both, like, they're pretty much, they're both teenagers. And, like, Spider-Man, like, Peter, once he gets his powers, you know, he's not, like, the shy, quiet teenager. He's, like, kind of arrogant. Um, like, yeah. Like even like Flash being his bully, it it doesn't feel so much like Flash is bullying him as they just have a contentious relationship. It's like they'll both make jabs at each other, verbal jabs. Hmm. Um, but okay, issue four, Sandman is introduced. Uh, 
And let's see, they have a fight. Spider-Man's mask gets ripped, so he runs off because he doesn't want everyone to see his secret identity revealed. He's a uh, white guy. Yeah, Sandman's robbing banks, uh, doing all of his Sam's Wait, is that his stuff. name? Hmm? Robin Banks? <laughs> no, I think it's Fleet Marco. Although, I don't know, maybe he had a different name. I don't know if they even say his name in this. Imagine, imagine if they actually made a villain named Robin Banks. <laughs> mm. uh, Spider-Man sucks up Sandman into a vacuum and uh, stores all the sand in... Uh, let's see, what, what did he it's just got like a metal canister he shoves all the sand in and then he hands it over to the police but makes sure to keep his distance because he doesn't want to also get arrested for being a vigilante and uh, Jameson continues to blame Spider-Man for everything um, oh no I wonder when he'll come around if ever and then they skipped issue 5 through 8 but they summarized them I guess issue 5 because they were on such a you know, press for time. They didn't have time to come up with a new villain, so they had him fight Doctor Doom instead. Um, oh, cool. And then issue six introduces the lizard. Um, issue, although, yeah, like, they did the lizard and he didn't really come back for a while. Um, issue seven... Is Big Wheel. Issue seven brings back Vulture. Yeah. And also sets up like Betty Brant is the first, I guess, love interest that he has that doesn't it like starts going places and then falls apart. But she well, doesn't die dramatically like Gwen. Yeah, at least she doesn't actually fall. Yeah. Uh, issue eight has the Living Brain, a robot that uh, doesn't come back until the Superior Spider-Man arc, I guess. Fifty years later. They finally revisit wow. that character. It's a long living brain then. Yeah. Um, okay, issue nine, I guess, is Electro. So we got Electro, he's got his lightning powers and like a lightning rig that he's put on himself so he can control his lightning and shoot lightning, etc. Um, yeah, but can he can he throw a grenade that is also made of electricity and blow up people up? Uh, if you can, he doesn't do it in this one. Uh, well, he's no he's no Cole McGrath then. Yeah, and then Spider-Man puts on rubber gloves and rubber booties, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then sprays a fire hose at Electro, and that short circuits him. Why didn't anybody think of that before? Mm. Uh, and then issue 10 introduces the enforcers and asks who is the big man because the the enforcers are a gang that uh, I'll see what their name there's like a guy named Fancy Dan there's like a short guy who like dance fights Uh, there's a guy named Ox who's like the big dumb strong guy there's um, I think his name's Montana He's like a cowboy with a lasso. And then there's the big man who's just looks like Al Capone wearing a mask. Um, and there's a mystery. It's implied that it's J. Jonah Jameson, but then it's revealed it's not. It's, um... What a, what what a twist. That guy's name? Like, they set it up. It, it looks like it's going to be J. Jonah Jameson, but it's actually uh, Foswell, who's 
one of the Daily Bugle employees. Uh. Um, but yeah, not there. Lots of fights with these guys. Spider-Man um, ends up going as Peter Parker to, you know, like telling everyone he's, he knows the big man's identity as Peter Parker so that they'll kidnap him and throw him in a prison cell and then he can change into Spider-Man and go fight them all in their lair. That, that seems like a very easy way to get your secret identity figured out. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, comics. Um, let's see. Okay, and then they skip a couple issues. Uh, looks like issue 11 does something with Dr. Octopus again. Uh, issue 12 is more Dr. Octopus. Uh, issue 13 is in here, and that's the first appearance of Mysterio. Where uh, Mysterio dresses up as Spider-Man and steals money to frame him. And then goes right to Jameson and is like, Hey, I'm Mysterio. I'm a new superhero and I'm going to stop this spider menace. Um, and fights Spider-Man on a bridge, kicks his ass. Uh, and then Spidey does some investigating, finds out that Mysterio is a special effects guy who just wanted to show off and uh, they have a big fight and he knocks him out and gets him arrested and proves his innocence and Jameson is upset until he gets pictures of the fight and uh, yeah um, does he say the famous words it's Morbin time <laughs> no no, uh, um, no Morbius doesn't appear in this first the, two years of comics does he ever say, I need pictures of Spider-Man? Not that I recall. Um, issue 14 is the first appearance of the Green Goblin. So, Ooh. and this one is weird. So, Green Orman Goblin... Osborne. We They keep his identity secret. It's a mystery who this Green Goblin person is. I bet um, it's Gwen Stacy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, Green Goblin's original glider is like a metal stick that he calls his flying broom and he flies around on it it's just it's just like a missile that he sits on mm-hmm. um and so he goes and hires the enforcers to help him beat up uh spider-man uh he's also got a weird like they, they couldn't quite figure out his power set so he can shoot sparkles out of his finger <laughs> and that that's one of his powers um, <laughs> his power is just fabulosity Yeah, sparkle fingers So he hires the enforcers And then he goes to a movie producer And he's like, hey, I want to make a movie About Spider-Man fighting me and the enforcers And so the guy agrees to it And Goblin goes flying around town Spidey thinks, hey, this guy looks like a bad guy And Goblin's like, no, actually I want to hire you for a movie And, uh, you know, tells him the details So Spider-Man goes to the movie producer signs the contract to do this movie and then I guess makes you know some excuses that he's got to travel out to New Mexico as Peter Parker um, to take pictures of Spider-Man in this movie that he's going to be in so they all travel out to New Mexico and um, as the movie you know they're planning to do a big fight scene in the desert suddenly everybody's throwing punches for real because they really want to kill Spider-Man so big fight with everyone um, 
Spider-Man uses his power of chest expansion to break out of the lasso. That's a power <laughs> that they don't really talk about much, but he can, you know, stretch his shoulders back and expand his chest and blow up ropes, I guess. Is that uh, a thing that spiders can do? Yeah, I guess, yeah. You know, spiders with their big, strong chests. Um, <laughs> They're rippling abs. So then Goblin and the Enforcers uh, chase Spider-Man into a cave, try to drop rocks on him. Um, but Spider-Man beats him up. But as he's beating them up, he discovers, oh no, the Hulk was also hiding out in this cave. So Spider-Man and the Hulk fight for a while. And um, then after that fight wraps up, Goblin comes back in and Spider-Man tries to fight him. But and then the Hulk to... murders him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hulk just wanders away. Spider-Man uh, let's see, goes back to the movie producer and the guy's like, no, the movie's off. Um, but he finds out that the Hulk's around. He's like, actually, I'm going to make a Hulk movie instead. So he gives Spider-Man bus fare to get back to New York. And that's all <laughs> Spider-Man got out of this. <laughs> that, this that producer's name? Ang Lee. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this was from 1963, I think. Maybe 64. Um, and then we see Green Goblin unmasking but conveniently behind a door that just covers his face so we don't see who this guy is. This mysterious person. As far as I know, Norman Osborn has not even been introduced as a character yet. I bet it's Jameson. Mm. Um, okay, then they talk about some of the other comments. Oh, okay, issue 15. They skipped it, but it was the Craven one where it's just most dangerous game you know guy comes to new york wants to fight the most dangerous animal there is which is spider-man um yeah. more like craven the country right <laughs> also the first allusion word. to mary jane watson is in that issue i mean gwen stacy still hasn't been introduced but the thing about anna watson saying hey you should go on a date with my niece and spider-man's like yeah right um yeah that that happens in this issue 15 um, mm, nice. And then there was the Sinister Six crossover where six villains all decide to fight Spider-Man one at a time so that there can be like a page of action panels followed by a big, you know, po well, I guess full page picture of Spider-Man punching that guy out um, before he goes uh, and fights the next one and the next one and the next one. It's like kill la kill, except yeah. less boobs. Uh, and then... Also, Spider-Man temporarily loses his powers due to stress, uh, but gets them back. And, and he falls and hurts his back, and he yeah. says, my back. Yeah. <laughs> um, issue 17, the return of the Green Goblin. Uh, Goblin's back. He has added wings to the side of his little flying stick thing, so it looks more like a, a goblin glider now. Did, um, he, did he add the, the bat mouth yet? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bat face, and there's, like, bat wings, and his feet hook into the ends of the wings. So it kind of looks like like a horsey ride thing, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, a bat, and it flies around. And he's got a bunch of other Halloween-themed gadgets. He's got pumpkin bombs, and ghost bombs, and frog bombs. Aren't all bombs technically ghost bombs? I guess. Um... <laughs> They can make ghosts. <laughs> so then, let's see. Spider-Man goes to stop what he thinks is a crime in progress and turns out was a movie in progress. Um, 
sees a bunch of uh, costume guys getting away on a helicopter and he goes the, to break it the, up and nope. The classic MIP movie in progress. And then uh, Flash Thompson is uh, starting off the Spider-Man fan club because he's Spider-Man's biggest fan. Um, and... See, and then uh, he, the fan club decide to set up a big like you know live TV stage performance thing, and they invite Spider-Man to come and show off. But then Green Goblin shows up and tries to kill him by throwing all of his frog bombs and sparkle fingers at him. Um, and then uh, Spider-Man ends up. I, can, I think he overhears that Aunt May has had a heart attack and is in the hospital, so he has to duck out of that fight and leave Human Torch to finish fighting Green Goblin until Goblin runs away. So everybody thinks Spider-Man's a coward because he ran out in the middle of the fight, except for Flash Thompson, the one person willing to stand up for his hero, Spider-Man. Um, what a stand-up guy. Yeah. And then issue 18, the end of Spider-Man. So, this is the last one. There were never any Spider-Man <laughs> stories after this. That's a real shame. I feel like he could have gone places if they just, you know, kept going with it. Yep, everyone is reacting to the news that Spider-Man is a coward and a wimp, and nobody wants anything to do with him. Even this, like, Spider-Man tries to sell his pictures to a guy who makes posters, and the guy's like, fuck off, nobody likes you. Um... So, and some of the supervillains get in their heads they can kill him now while he's vulnerable. Um, uh, yes, Flash Thompson they're... tries to stand up for Spider-Man by dressing up as Spider-Man and, you know, threatening some street thugs and the guys just beat him up uh, until the cops intervene <laughs> and save him. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like that, that JoJo uh, scene. <laughs> and they just keep there's this guy on the ground and they just keep kicking him <laughs> 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 except it's funny because it's Flash and Flash is an asshole yeah um but let's see Spider-Man uh he reads another story by Jameson and he's like okay I'm gonna be Spider-Man again just to spite this guy um nice actually I think I forgot earlier there was, at, at the end of one of the comics, um, Jameson has, like, a soliloquy where he's, like, standing alone in his office talking about why he hates Spider-Man so much, and it's because he's jealous that Spider-Man is such a good, upstanding person, and Jameson knows that he is selfish and awful, and he hates that there's this guy going around doing good things all the time. Uh, and that's why he hates him so much, I guess. In this early version, you know, there's later comics where they come up with better reasons for him to hate Spider-Man, but yeah, in the very basic writing of 60s Spider-Man, that's his reason why he hates Spider-Man. Um, so then there is um, issue 19, Spidey Strikes Back. It's not the end of Spider-Man after all. Um <gasps> I'm I'm honestly surprised. Yeah, let's see. He fights Sandman and the Enforcers a bunch. And uh, another mysterious thing of 
the green goblin in shadow. Who is this mysterious person? Um, okay, and that's all the Spider-Man stories they put in this. The other comics they have are Strange Tales number 97, Goodbye to Linda Brown, which came out in the same year as Amazing Fantasy 15, and is a story about a girl in a wheelchair who has an Uncle Ben and an Aunt May. And, um... Then, uh, yeah, it's a pretty short story. She's, she's having, like, dreams of the ocean, and then one day she you know, rolls out to the ocean, and Aunt May and Uncle Ben go to check on her and see that she's gone, but they knew that she was a mermaid, and she's gone back to the sea, which is what's happened. Uh, the reason she was, like, in a wheelchair and had a blanket over her legs the whole time is because she had a mermaid tail. <laughs> Wait, did she, did she know? I, I don't know. She, maybe she never lifted up the blanket to realize she was a mermaid, but she's a mermaid. I like to think she didn't know. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another one of those little Twilight Zone episode things. Um, also, I, I apologize if I start laughing randomly because the dog just fell asleep and she's snoring. Mm. Um, and then there's one comic left, and it is. How Stan Lee and Steve Ditko Create Spider-Man. And it's a short story. Basically, like, Stan Lee wakes up in the middle of the night and has an idea and drags Steve Ditko out of bed and makes him start drawing it. Um, and then just keeps calling him with more ideas and annoying him. And, uh, and then once, you know, that's all, seems like it's wrapped up, Stan Lee wakes up in the middle of the night with another... Dream. It's like a self-aware comic that I think they both wrote. Um, uh, and the dialogue—I mean, I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's Stanley writing the dialogue, and it does, it's definitely his voice. Like, Stanley who? Um, <laughs> Leibowitz, whatever his full last name is when he doesn't shorten it. Um, uh, um, That—that's a—that's a joke. I. <laughs> That, never mind. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> Whenever people talk about Stanley, I, I always ask Stanley who. Mm. Because half of them don't get it, and the other half like just tell me to shut the fuck up. Mm. <laughs> um, but you, but yeah, you, you just so rolled with it. I like it. Yep, so that's uh, that. That book, um, and we got like five minutes left. So I guess I will breeze through talking about sonic 2 um it was fine okay <laughs> okay that that's a wrap yeah that nice episode <laughs> yeah I mean, the movie is fine it's very jokey like very very jokey especially like the mm. robotnik uh jim carrey stuff is just like making quips in like every like quips and dancing in like every scene that he's in um and like knuckle idris elba is knuckles felt we like the voice feels weird and off but it works um it's just a different version of knuckles um yeah I, knuckles has like a, a deep voice and it's like gruff but idris elba seems like he's like on another level yeah he's like, like much more like deep and dramatic but he still he gets some fun moments to like play with being a very serious character who sometimes says unserious things. <laughs> uh, Does he just, out, out of nowhere, just say, like, I really like feet. 
Uh, he doesn't, but he does ask about grapes at one point, which I guess is a okay. thing with Knuckles that he really likes grapes. Do, do echidnas really like grapes? Is I don't know. Thing? I don't know. I only know from listening to the Table Pop episode of uh, their Sonic the Hedgehog RPG that Knuckles really liking grapes is like a meme huh. or something. Okay. Um, does he really like multi-headed peni? They don't bring it up. As oh, far as I can okay. tell, because him and Sonic and Tails don't wear pants, they have no genitalia. Well, well, sorry. Mm. He he should have four heads, and he has none. Yeah, maybe that's why he's so grumpy all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe the two spikes on each hand. Mm. <laughs> so he, he doesn't like... When he doesn't like a robot, he just hate fucks it to death. Mm, yeah, no, the movie does end with a big robot fight because, um, you know, the whole thing, they're, like, they're trying to find the Master Emerald that was hidden on Earth, and eventually uh, Eggman Robotnik gets it and uses it to make a giant robot because when you have the Master Emerald, you can just will anything into existence, I guess. It's, it's just, like, superpower. Huh thing so he makes a giant robot and they have a big fight and then um i mean we, we always do spoilers on the show sonic goes supersonic um and <gasps> flies around smashes the whole thing up uh but I mean, they don't find I mean, the body so maybe robotnik's around somewhere who knows you mean in in the sonic movie sonic does the thing that sonic always does and yep. like over half his games yeah the the master emerald breaks and creates the seven chaos emeralds which he uses to go supersonic and do the thing where he flies around smashes through things and break the robot um and then knuckles puts the emeralds back together into a master emerald and they all make an agreement to protect the thing forever and then they go play a baseball game and <laughs> knuckles gets to ask about grapes and stuff and um and then there's a mid credit scene where they talk about uh how they uncovered a secret project from 50 years ago which is project shadow and there's shadow in a test tube thing waking up Ooh. because i get even though sonic is <clears throat> a kid apparently like they, they treat him like a kid and talk about him like he's a child and he just arrived like a couple years ago i guess like 50 years ago they had the idea to make a dark version of sonic in a lab i don't know okay. how they'll justify that but whatever i don't know how the games justified it in the first place um because I, I think, think the games was similar there it's like robotnik's grandfather made him and yeah. I don't know how old Sonic is supposed to be, but it seems like Shadow would be a lot older. The ultimate life form. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be roller skating <laughs> around on his rocket shoes. Yeah, a hedgehog with rocket shoes. <laughs> yeah. And yet he doesn't run, he roller skates. Yeah. And he's going to fuck Eggman's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh. Hey Jade, have you ever played Sonic Heroes? Yeah It's one of the few Sonic games I've played Yeah, me too It's like the only one I've ever actually finished Yeah 
Um, I've played Heroes. I've played a couple of the story paths on uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. Sonic Heroes sucks, but also I like it. Hmm. It's like the only Sonic game that I actually like, probably because it's the only one I really had. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, when I was the 3D platformers, it's fine. It's playable. Yeah, well. Mostly. <laughs> Sometimes. It's not as bad as the ones on Wii. You know, the like, Secret yeah. Rings or. What? Black Knight? Um, yeah, Unleashed. Or... Unleashed. <laughs> Like whenever, whenever Sonic fans try to tell me that one of the games is good, I'm just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I mean, Forces was fun—the one where you get to make a character and be Sonic's best friend. Yeah. Um, was it Plarmf, Dankenstein, McFlarton? Yeah. Esquire. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite Sonic character. Yeah. Yep, yeah, Sonic's mute best friend. <laughs> yeah. Who well only wears skin tight uh outfits that are the exact same color as her fur. Yeah. Who just you know, wears because it's like most of your clothing options are just like nineties Tony Hawk skater stuff. <laughs> Sonic's so dumb. I don't I don't understand why people like it. <laughs> mm. Nostalgia. I, I guess. Is this is this like a a hot take? I don't think so. I mean, it's generally agreed that Sonic is a franchise for kids slash young at heart. <laughs> that's a that's a very generous way to put it. <laughs> I say that because I know lots of adults who are also into it because it is just that kind of like fun kid colorful camp thing yeah but in a different way from like because like the mario games also do a lot of that but the mario games never really try to have a story i mean sometimes they do but it it doesn't really continue between games or you know like sonic has more of an anime kind of feel to it where it's like it'd be quirky and weird and dumb but then suddenly the stakes get super high out of nowhere I, I think that's that's the disconnect between like the the people who like unconditionally love Sonic and the people like me who are just like yeah yeah you know it's not that good though right is <laughs> is yeah. just like they they go for it and almost all the time they fail <laughs> um, yeah. but I guess and if you I'm... can appreciate that um, you can be a Sonic fan. I mean, even that tonal disconnect is, like, they are from early Sonic, with, like, the comics and the Sonic, uh, I don't think it was Sonic Underground, the Sonic Sad AM show. Yeah. I mean, Underground kind of, too, but, like, any of the ones where it's, like, Sonic and friends are freedom fighters fighting an evil robot empire that's controlling their planet, you know, where they're doing, like, kind of a Star Wars thing, but with furries versus robots. I mean that, that, that is usually when when Sonic games get serious, it's some version of like that or like Sonic Two, the movie even introduced because they were setting up for Sonic mm-hmm. or for Shadow to be in the third one. Uh, Gun, the uh, I don't know the, the, Gun. this 
Yeah, it's a government organization that is, you know, I, I don't remember what the abbreviation <laughs> is. They say it in the movie, but it's abbreviated G-U-N. Is that, is that a parody of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> kinda. They make fun of it in the movie. The guy <laughs> says the name, and the other, you know, the black lady who's like the, the wife's sister looks at him and is like, Gun? And he just like nods, like, yeah, isn't it brilliant? <laughs> that that reminds me of uh, what what is it, Spider Man friend or foe? Mm. Um, where where like the the villains are called phantoms, and like wh- whoever whoever's given the exposition, like Nick Fury or whoever, like they mm. they say what the acronym stands for, and Spider Man's like. Wow, your your acronym department must be working overtime. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only that's the only part of that game that I remember <laughs> because I the played it like twenty I, years ago. Yeah, I rented it, and I remember Same. that Mysterio was the main bad guy, and that uh, all the levels are just you, know, you beat up a bunch of stuff and then you beat up the villain, and. And yeah, that Mysterio is the villain at the end, but I didn't really like the design they did with him because it was one of the ones where you can see the outline of a head inside the dome, uh, uh, which doesn't look as cool to me as just a bubble with no sign of a head inside. Yeah. He was the headless man all along. Yeah. Yeah, I like it when it's just a bubble head and then he can pull it off and roll it around like a basketball on his, his arms like he does in the animated series. I want a Mysterio where uh, he's got the bubble head and everything and then Spider-Man goes to punch him and the helmet just flies off <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm pretty and sure like, that's happened and like Quentin Beck is just really short and, <laughs> and he um, built the Mysterio head happened. to make himself yeah. look taller yeah yeah that's why he's got the eye clasps below it because that's what he looks out of <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> he's actually like a modok he's just a big head looking out of those little eyes and so when they punch the, the glass ball off you just see like his matted hair underneath <laughs> you see a bald spot he's just like like Quinn Beck is just like really pathetic <laughs> like like he, he just oh man mm. I mean some versions of Mysterio have had him bald yeah, I mean, and sometimes he's got you know like a mullet, like he did in the animated series. No, <laughs> I think I oh know that one. He had like a rat tail. I don't. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember Quentin Beck from uh, like what he looked like. Like the, I, I remember the, the Mysterio series, design. Yeah, the animated series one. He was like blonde and looked kind of like a Miami Vice kind of character kind of like a mullet rat tail-ish thing. So um, like, like Clean-shaven s- face. It's like Sketch from Comic Zone. Yeah, probably. Do you know what Comic Zone Mysteri- is? I don't. It, it's it's a Sega Genesis game where you, you play as this uh, comic artist who gets sucked into uh, his like apocalyptic sci-fi um story and you have to navigate <laughs> some really unfair game design uh to 
save the uh save like the fictional character um mm. it's it's really interesting um but also <laughs> the game design is terrible <laughs> like there's so, mm. there's so much stuff that re- requires trial and error that the only way you'll be able to beat it is uh just by playing through it like 80 times until you remember how to do everything right it's ridiculous mm. it's really cool though everybody should play it and bang your head against that wall um, mm. I'm done now you can go back to the thing you were saying before I interrupted yeah I mean I could go on comparing all the different hairstyles Mysterio's had over the years but we're already past two hours and that's yeah. a completely visual thing if you want to see Mysterio's hair just google it we're not getting paid over time mm. I'm sure there must be pictures of like Mysterio with the bubble helmet with a wig on top of the bubble helmet <laughs> oh, that'd be funny <laughs> that'd be great uh, oh yeah I, okay, any... I found a picture of Quentin Beck from the animated series he oh. has the thickest neck I have ever seen well, yeah, I mean, that's the designs that, of that's... that show is everyone is very, like, broad shoulder, broad chest. Yeah. Like, even just random civilians standing around are, like, ripped. Yeah. It's like a mini JoJo. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the, like, post-He-Man art style of... <laughs> Everybody being jacked all the time throughout the nineties. Yeah, it was the it was the Liefeld era. What are you gonna do? Mm. <laughs> Look at this perspective. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's some pretty good shading on there, considering. Yeah, I mean, the show looked really good. It's just weird that they couldn't punch anybody. Hmm. Yeah, or, you know, all the guns had to be laser guns. Right. Alright, now let, let me send you uh, Comic Zone. But By the way, Comic Zone is with, with an X. Like C-O-M-I-X. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, no, they definitely look, look the same. Yeah. Except Sketch is cool because he has fingerless gloves. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, um, okay, the show is done. Go home, everybody. <laughs> yep. Till next time. I, I say that like people like came from home to watch mm. this. Yeah. But yeah, jokes on us. They're already home. Yeah. Like like. Eugene's probably listening to this on the toilet right now, and, and mm. like, whoa, what the fuck? Except, um, yeah. Mm. Okay, yep, so, bye. Yeah, bye. Get off the toilet. <laughs>